0: The problem with your business is you. You're the problem, right? And you can't know everything and you can't be the rock star in every single situation. So my problem, why I wanted to throw my computer out my window is that I had about a thousand unopened emails because I was a flat out egomaniac and had to know everything that was going on in my company.
1: Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Build Your Network podcast, the only top-rated show committed to helping you grow your business, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Let's get into the show. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting down with serial entrepreneur, Mark LeChance. Mark is a strategic thinker and an investor. He possesses a deep understanding of blitzscaling companies. Having owned and operated several businesses that have experienced hypergrowth through creative business development and lead generation, he's a master of sales and marketing and continues to apply and grow his expertise through current projects. Mark's currently the CEO and lead investor of Maxi Media Incorporated, one of the largest TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, and Google Display network performance marketing agencies in the world. Currently, Max Media is the number one advertiser in terms of monthly spend on the TikTok platform in Canada and top 10 in North America. So guys, this is somebody that knows a lot about marketing, a lot about sales, and I can't wait to jump into a few of these types of conversations with him. Mark, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Travis. It's going well. I'm excited. sir. Happy to have you, man. Happy to have you. So let's jump right into the practical conversation right after we talk some context for those listening. So People who may not know who you are, let's rewind the clock. Talk to me about high school age, Mark Lechance. Where'd you grow up? What was your family life like? All that good stuff.
0: High school age. Yes. So I grew up in Bristol, Connecticut, which is, uh, if you're a baseball fan, we used to have the double A team from the Red Sox in Bristol, Connecticut. Went to a school called Kingswood-Oxford and then went to school in Boston. Went to college at Bentley College. Which is now Bentley University Small Finance School, and uh, you know from there got into the sports business because my brother was a stud hockey player. He was uh, number one. Actually, he was he was ranked he was ranked number two in the world at one point, but he ended up getting drafted fourth overall by the Islanders. Played on the U.S. Olympic hockey team. Both of my brothers played B- at BU at Boston University. And, uh, you know, I wanted to be a hockey player, but I was the runt of the litter, so I never could. You know, from there, I got into the sports business. I was a, a sports agent for about eight years. And, you know, learn that in, in the sports business, if you lose a couple of key clients, you lose 30% of your revenue. So it taught me about recurring revenue, got into payments, which has been phenomenal for me for about 15 years. And recently, over the past four or five years, I've been in the, got into digital marketing and we've grown a company pretty quickly and pretty big. So pretty excited.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about the payments side of things. So tell me a little bit more about what uh, what your experience was in payments. Well, payments, because in the sports business, so I had... At
0: 1998 uh, ish, I had seven guys in the NHL, and I had 35 guys, you know, in in various minor leagues, working their way up to the big leagues. And at one point, I lost two of my big guys, and that represented 30 percent of my revenue. So I was like, "Wow, this sucks." Yeah. And at, at the same time, I had met a guy in the payments business, and he had about two thousand clients, and he was making some something like at the time about thirty thousand dollars a month, right? So at that time in the nice 1998,
1: thing about that type of revenue too is like. It's pretty passive, right? Like you sign up the accounts, it's, you get the it's merchant. It's flat fees, like,
0: out passive because every I'll, time
1: somebody swipes exactly. a card in perpetuity, as long as they keep that merchant account, you get paid.
0: Exactly. So the average is anywhere between one hundred and fifty and two hundred dollars per merchant per month, or it used to be at least, right? So again, like you said, it's a recurring revenue, and if you lose two clients, it's not going to hurt your you know hurt your your numbers. You're not going to lose thirty percent of your revenue by losing two right. clients. And
1: even if you it, do. It's not like you have a ton of overhead, right?
0: Exactly, and and another thing is like in the sports business, I created such tight relationships with these guys, and uh, you know when they fire you, it's like you know cutting off your arm. So, right.
2: right.
0: <laughs> but you know in the recurring game, like you said, it's passive income. You know you're you're getting that call it mailbox money every month, so twenty thirty thousand dollars in your account every single month. Phenomenal, especially at that time. Look, nine is probably before your time, Travis. But uh, you know that was that was big money back yeah, I was then. Six. I was six. There you go. I was around. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, payments was great, man. It was a great business for a long, long time. And then margins started compressing and I, I felt it was time to sell. So that's. Uh, I took a few months off and got back into digital marketing. So that, that's that been awesome as well.
1: You sold your the, the company Evo. That's right. Payments, right? Okay. So you sold Evo and then took a, took a little bit of time off and then decided, uh, let's get back into business. But instead of doing anything I've ever done before, I'm going to do something different. Why? <laughs>
0: Well, if you look at over the career, sports, then to payments, then to nutrition and fitness, then back into payments, into real estate, got my ass kicked hard, then back into payments again, and then back in, and then into uh, marketing. So I don't
1: know, I kind of reinvent myself every four or five years, I guess. Seems to be the case with a lot of people, man. Yeah. I was the same way, except for that it was like every six to 12 months. <laughs> I figured out pretty quickly that, like, hey, this probably isn't a good idea moving forward. I should probably stick with something for a while. But, but yeah, so I'm, I'm curious though, what made you start like the agency model? Like, why jump into that? Well, why, it, it... Like, out of all the businesses that you could, like, at this point, you're like pretty well established. You've done well in multiple types of businesses and you have a full understanding of the spectrum of what's possible. Like, why, why, why go into an agency?
0: Well, I wouldn't call it an agency. We're right now, we're a performance marketing company. So we don't have specific clients per se. We do, but I'll explain in a second. So we started off in the agency business, but it it just reminded me of the payments business because you have all these little clients. And it was just, to me, it was real. There was a lot of heavy lifting instead of going after, you know, jumping in the river and going at the flow instead of, you know, paddling upstream. Whereas performance marketing to me is. If you have the right team around you it's paddling downstream and you can really go from zero to a thousand pretty quickly meaning so the more money you pump into the into the ad campaigns you know the more revenue you can generate whereas on, on the agency side it's all about the more clients you get and at one point if you get you know you get X amount of clients you're, you're at capacity and you have to hire more people but in the in the performance game you could just pump, pump more revenue more ad spend into the campaign and make more money. So I you know I was attracted to that and uh, you know the fact that I had a uh, have a business partner who was a Facebook genius at the time that led us into you know Facebook Instagram then and, and Snapchat and then TikTok right
1: now, especially. Can you describe the difference between those those two things performance versus agency?
0: Yeah, well, an agency you'll take somebody'll give you a budget and say, hey, I want you to run my social and you know maybe do my my AdWord campaigns and they'll give you ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars a month. So you're limited. And the percentage you can charge them maybe anywhere, 10 to 20% of the ad spend and maybe a monthly fee, right? So you're limited to how much you can actually make per client. Whereas performance, right now we're in the the lending space, we're in education, and we're in insurance. And it's all about, you know, it's almost, I'm not going to call it endless, but it's almost endless. Like the amount of personal loans that are going out right now are are pretty incredible, given that you probably saw... You probably saw the CPI print today, 9.1. So a lot of people need a lot of money. So, you know, there's opportunities to drive a ton of leads to our, to our partners
1: and our clients. Somebody's listening right now and they're like, this sounds great. I want to work with you guys. Like, what exactly do you do for a company that wants to generate more leads?
0: So let's take large universities, for example. So we're driving, you know, people that say, hey, I want to go to school. Why don't we get a degree in XYZ? And so you know, they'll see our ad on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, and then they'll click all the way through, and and you know, put their name and email and phone number, and the school will contact them. So it's it's basically we're generating traffic, eyeballs, and
1: leads for our clients at a reduced price. Like when during the process do the clients pay you, and what are they paying you based on? Every client's different, but they're based
0: they're paying us based on a good lead. So for example, it could be a net. You know, net fifteen, net thirty, net, net sixty, depending. Education is notorious for uh, paying late, so not, not much you can do uh-huh. there. And that, that's all right. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. And that's the you know that's kind of the uh, the risk, right? So you have to understand risk management on the back end, and that's where my payments, you know, payments background came in handy. You know, kind of structuring deals that. Uh, that can, uh, you know, save
1: you money mm-hmm. in the end. <clears throat> so do you generate the leads first and then go find someone to sell them to? No. Or, no, no, no. You or you're, you're, you're setting up specific ad campaigns to generate leads for specific companies. That's correct. Exactly. But they only pay you on leads generated or sales made no. or... Every deal is different, but some are, you know, some
0: deals are leads. Some deals are leads and sales at the end, like in the lending space. So we'll get it, we'll get a piece of the, you know, we'll get paid per lead up front and then a piece of the action on the back end, depending on that every deal is different.
1: Got it. Got it. Where do you guys find now in general, just kind of in the marketing world, where you're getting the best, the best leads, the cheapest leads, or kind of the untapped market that most people aren't thinking about? that's kind of a tough question because one day it's Facebook, the next day it's TikTok, the
0: next day it's Google, right? So for example, Google, oh, is weird right now is Google typically Produces the the highest quality leads, but just over the last three days, the lead quality is in the toilet on Google. You don't know why. So every day is different. Every yeah. I mean, every day is different. I just that's that's a tough question. So it's really just be everywhere and optimize as often as you can. There you go. And yeah. it's always as you know, looking in the. I think you're in the uh, the marketing game. It's about testing. It's about trying new things. It's about failure that eventually leads to success.
1: Okay, so let's talk. A little bit about the relationship side of things. Obviously, this is a Building Network podcast. You've been successful in multiple ventures, multiple fields, multiple industries, multiple business models. When you look back at your career at this point, has there been any relationships along the way that you would point back to and be like, man, if it weren't for that mentor, if it weren't for that friend, if it weren't for that fill in the blank, I'm not sure where I'd be right now. Or there was this thing that might have you know stopped me from moving to the next level or Is there anybody that kind of stands out in your mind when you look back on your career?
0: I'm going to answer that a couple different ways. So, and I'll kind of give you a story. So, back in 2008, I got my my ass kicked, like I said, real estate, big time, and I was on the verge of bankruptcy and you know anxiety, stress, depression, blah blah blah. So, I had to get back into the space I knew, which was payments, right? So, I got back into the payments game in 2009, and you know over over the course of a year and a half, grew a company from zero to 215 employees. Right, so I was the first employee, and and you know was able to grow that with the help of some rock stars that I hired, and we grew the thing to two hundred fifteen. But a year and a half after growing that company or or launching that company, I was sitting at my desk and I literally wanted to throw my computer out the window and quit. And, and you maybe have been there, Travis, right? <laughs> I don't
1: know what you're talking about, dude.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. Never, never, never had any
1: failures. No. <laughs>
0: So, so, what I had to do is find a mentor. So, the, you know, to, I'm getting to the answer to your question. So, how do you find a mentor? I was like, I got on Google and I said, "Look, a business coach, business mentor," and Tony Robbins kept on coming up, kept on coming up. And Tony Robbins had his business mastery event about three weeks after that. After I was, you know, searching and searching and searching, and at that time, look, it was it was 2010. And I was still basically coming out of my uh, my financial funk. I was just getting back on my feet. This this event was ten thousand dollars, and I was like, "Ooh, that's a lot." But I, look, I said, "You know, put it on the credit card. I gotta go. I need a coach. I need I need something." So you walk into that thing. The energy's pumping. There's about four thousand people there. It was phenomenal, and I sit down right next to this guy named David. We become. Great friends during the uh, the event. I actually had a one on one with Tony Robbins, forty five minutes back and forth, where he broke down my business. It was awesome, and I got a stack of business cards like that at the end. Hey, I want to I want to buy shares in your company when you go public, and blah blah. It was it was awesome. Anyway, but this guy David, I kept in touch with over the years, and then I met another guy named Stefan over the years. So just from that one event, I met two I'll call them powerhouses in their industries, and one of the reasons we're in the lending space. No, the only reason we're in the lending space is because this guy, David, he basically connected me to the lenders, the media buyers, the whole thing, basically business in a box. Stefan was one of the leading, uh, is one of the leaders in a nutrition company. And he showed me an opportunity and a business. And that was something that I, I could, I, I started up on the side back in 2011, right after I met him. And that business is still generating X amount of thousands of dollars a month and giving me passive recurring revenue. So... You know, I guess my answer is go to events, talk to people, and I have another story if you want, but go to events, talk to people, and be a good person and, you know, do the right thing to people and it'll come back to you tenfold. So to give you another example of mm-hmm. mentors, so that's David Stefan, and then, you know, I joined a uh, strategic coach, maybe, you know, Dan Sullivan. Yep. Dan is the preeminent, probably the rock star on, uh, coach to entrepreneurs. So I was just in Chicago on Monday and Tuesday. So I just got back last night. So sitting at my table, right? You know Joe Polish. Yep. So Joe Polish is right here. The guy sitting right to my left, right next to me on the right is a gentleman by the name of Chris Voss, the uh, the yep. the the gentleman who the wrote. Yeah. There you go. Right, literally right to my right next to him is a Dr. Jeff Gladden. and right ac- uh, right across is uh, Howard a gentleman by the name of Howard uh, Gertsen, And Howard's got an AI company and we, we totally hit it off. So potentially we're going to do some work together. But anyway, the point is when you get yourself in those rooms with these people, you're just going to get your, your game to the next level and you're going to create contacts and, and you know, people that you want to be around that are going to
1: help you get to the next level. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need a hire, you need Indeed. Yeah. I say a lot of times, man, like half the game is just showing up, just showing up, man. Like most people aren't willing to do it. You know, like it's, it's, it's not easy all the time. Like if we, especially when you're in those kind of stressed, anxious modes, and you got a lot of stuff on your plate and you know that you have work to do, but you're not exactly sure what things to start on or what how to prioritize it. It feels like a waste of time. It feels like a waste of energy. It feels like a waste of money to like invest in a plane ticket, invest in a hotel, invest 10 grand in an event. Go there. Show up. You're taking a lot of time away from your business and from the work that's on your plate and the things that you have to be doing to go do those things. But showing up will lead to those opportunities. Like yeah, putting in the work that other people aren't willing to do because most people are going to look at that and they go, that ah, doesn't make sense. You know, there's no way that three days at an event with 4,000 people could be worth $10,000. Like there's no way. There's just, I, I'm not going to that, you know, but then they stay stressed and they stay anxious and they don't meet the people that can help them. They don't meet the people that can plug them into opportunities. They don't meet the people that can adjust their mindset, change their vision, allow them to see the world through a different perspective or gain the insight that they needed to be able to change something drastically in their life and their business. Because they just keep operating from this idea that like, I'm by myself and I probably will be by myself.
0: You're right. That's uh, scarcity thinking versus abundance thinking. So you hit it on the head. You want to be successful. You're not going to do it alone. That's for sure.
1: (laughs) How often are you going to events these days, Mark?
0: At least once a quarter because strategic okay. coach is once a quarter. And then, uh, you know, I'll sprinkle a few others. So, for example, I was at uh, Mark Moss. and I, I, I don't know if you know him, but his event, what's the name? Of it? Anyways, heavily focused on on investing in crazy times like this. So, very focused on Bitcoin gotcha. and real estate mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of in uh, precious metals as well. So, okay. so, yeah, I would have to say probably annually, six, six seven events like oh, yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Where you actually are physically getting up, getting on an airplane, traveling somewhere else. That's right. How do you feel when you come home from those? Completely fired up, Travis. I mean, think about the,
0: the, at my table, Who is at my table? It's crazy, man. So, and in in that room, so there are 50 entrepreneurs and probably about five or six billionaires in that room. Everybody is multi-multi-millionaire and and just just was there because they want to grow their business. Yeah. And they want to kick ass. So, you know, you're, if you're not fired up, then you're, you're not in the right room. I'll tell you that.
1: Yeah. To me, it feels like uh, summer camp as a kid. You know, like we would have these uh, teen camp things. You know, I'd, I'd go there. You feel just like fired up and ready to tackle the world when you get back. You know what I mean? Because, they like you you get out of your normal situation, you get out of your everyday milieu exactly. and sit down in a room with a bunch of people. It's kind of uncomfortable, but you're uncomfortable together with a bunch of other people who have similar mindsets, similar problems, they're stressed, they're anxious, they have issues in their business like every a bunch of people who understand what it's like to to feel the things that you're feeling when in your everyday life there's not many people that do understand that you're dealing mostly with employees and with family members and with a bunch of other people that don't understand the pressure that you're under especially as the business owner as the founder as the entrepreneur you know where where everybody's looking at you everybody's depending on you you get into a room with a bunch of other people who are that person in their circles and it, it just feels Feels like a you know like a breath of fresh air, and you come home more motivated with a better mindset, maybe even better information, better tools, better knowledge, even specific things, practical things, software, equipment, employees. Like you, there's so many things that come from it that make it a fantastic investment of your time, energy, and financial resources as well. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: It's kind of funny you you made me think of a conversation I had this morning. So I have a a coach that I work with on a weekly basis. I had a call with him this morning. And we were talking about time and we were talking about standing in line and kind of just what you said. So, when you go to Nantucket, doesn't matter who you are, you're standing in line because the guy behind you has just as much money or the guy in front of you has just as much money as you do. You're standing in line. So, it doesn't matter. Right. It's kind of, kind of similar to being in a room where, where people think like you, but it's, it was kind of funny
1: yeah yeah exactly and and that's just that's just the key to me. You get in a room with a bunch of people who think like you and um a bunch of people who've maybe been where you are and have kind of like been there, done that bought the t shirt twice you know it's like <sighs> it's a lot easier it's a lot easier to uh put your problems in perspective. I was sitting in a room at a mastermind event this past weekend. I was feeling pretty good about myself because we've seen some good growth this year, and I sat down next to this guy, the guy to the left of me he was like, Yeah, we're on track to do about forty million this year, uh which is a lot more than i'm doing and then the guy on the other side of me goes yeah we're on track to do about 200 million this year and the types of problems that those people have put your problems into perspective when you're <laughs> trying to build you know wh- when you're going through the foundational parts of your business you know what i mean and it's like Oh yeah forget that like everybody who's reached this level has also dealt with all the bs that i'm dealing with down here at this level yep. and they overcame it figured out ways to to make sure that that you know they continued to thrive if they figured it out i'm i can figure it out and not to mention like if they figured it out not only can I figure it out, but also I can ask them how they figured it out because they're sitting right next to me. <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? yeah. exactly. <laughs> hey, what about this? And what
0: so. about that? You've been there. Which, what should you do? So that's the value right. of going to events like that. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. It's the, it's the connection piece, you know? And yeah. then and then to your point, you guys met at an event, you and um, a couple other people you're talking about, David and... Stefan. Um, uh, Stefan. The and then it turned into like an entire business that pays you monthly for years. And the other one turned into an entire revenue stream that opened up a new industry to your current business. When you first sat down to them, it's not like you shook hands and then pitched each other and decided to do business right then. It was because you formed a real relationship over a long period of time, stayed in touch, kept having conversations, getting to know each other, and building trust in, in each other. And then opportunity happened. And it came to fruition, a connection that you had made you know, a long time prior to when any business was actually done. Exactly. And I think that's the thing that people get wrong about networking the most is that they treat it like an in-person cold calling opportunity rather than a chance to make initial connections with people that can benefit you in 10 years from now, in 15 exactly. years from now, in 20 years from now. They're thinking way too much on a shortened time. So the long game, Travis, the long game. That's exactly if you're, if that's what I tell people all the time, if you're not in the long game, you're in the wrong game, right? Cause you, uh, uh, you know, life is pretty long. when you think about it, you know, like it depends on the perspective cause you could always you could also argue that life is short, but also like, you know, if you're focused on becoming successful in the next six months, but you live the average lifespan of a human being up to like 85, you know, in America, assuming your health is good and all, you know, all that stuff is good. You live to be 80. And it's like, well, you're 42 right now. It's like, well, you got another 40 years on this planet. So if you're only focused on the next six months, what about the six months after that, or the 12 years, or the 24 years, or the 30 years after that? Like, what about all that other time? Like, you need to be thinking about how to how to reach your goals on a long term basis rather than a short term basis, because there's way too many examples of people I think that have kind of crashed and burned. You know, they had their six months, or they had their one year. Because they treated people incorrectly, they weren't thinking about the long time horizon. They spent their money as if they had enough to last for forty years, when they only had enough to last for three. You know what I mean? And then it's like, oh, I burned through all my bridges, I burned through all my cash, and I didn't learn anything along the way. And now I'm sitting here having to start over when I could have like set myself up for, for, for life if I had I just been thinking differently about it. Living, you learn, my friend. You live and you learn. So, uh, who you know or what you know, Mark? Which of the two do you think is more important in life?
0: Who not how? That's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to steal that from Dan Sullivan. Who not how?
1: It's That's, who you uh, Dan know, Sullivan not what and you know. Ben Hardy too, right? They wrote that
0: exactly, book. exactly. Yeah, actually, their newest book. I just uh, I'm halfway through it right there.
1: Be your future mm. self now. <laughs> so nice, love it. Yeah. So who not how? Can you expound on that a little second? For, for, for a second.
0: Yeah, I think. Look, I think it's you're not going to know everything. So I'll give you a story around that. So the first thing I learned at the Tony event, you know, what's that now? 12, 13 years ago was that the problem with your business is you. You're the problem, right? And you can't know everything and you can't be the rock star in every single situation. So my problem, why I wanted to throw my computer out my window is that I had about a thousand unopened emails because I was a flat out egomaniac and had to know everything that was going on in my company. (laughs) Right. I had to know, I didn't know about you know the uh, customer service call with this particular client, or what's going on in HR, what's going on in accounting, and uh, in sales and marketing, and blah 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 down the list, every single department. So yeah. I was on every single distribution list, right? So that's ridiculous. And Tony's f- first thing he taught us is that look, if you have to do the job of your VP of XYZ department, then it's not the right person, mm. right? You've got to be you know, managing from above and allowing them to do their job. So I, I guess what I, in my book that I, uh, that I uh, wrote, I called the entrepreneur's dilemma. An entrepreneur believes that they need to be the best and smartest in everything they do. And it's flat out out of ego, of course. Mm-hmm. So the way to grow a massive organization or to grow a business from, you know, one person to 300 and almost 300 employees, which I have now is you got to get out of your own way and hire the best people and drop your ego at the door. So you think I know how to buy ads on TikTok? Do you think I know how to create you know, videos for TikTok or for Instagram Reels or any of that? No, I don't know anything about it. But I have the best people that do know. Yeah. So the point is, get out of your own way, drop your ego and hire people that are smarter, better and faster than
1: you. It's the completely logical answer to the solution when you really think about it. And it's crazy how few people figure it out right because you obviously you obviously can't become an expert at everything it would be impossible like if you want to be an expert in accounting and understanding your finances you want to be an expert in marketing you want to be an expert in selling you want to be an expert in operations you want to be an expert like if you try to be the person that knows how to do everything within your organization you will always be limited by your lack of experience or knowledge inside of that thing so you got to dedicate five years per discipline to get to the point where you're like competent, 10 years to get to the point where you're world-class. There's only so many things that you can do that with. So the clear answer is become really good at finding the people who know how to do all of those things. So ask yourself who, instead of asking yourself, how do I do this? Hmm. Who does this already? And can I get them to do it within the context of my organization? Exactly. Well, listen, man, this has been a fun conversation for me. I love chatting about this kind of stuff with people like you who've adapted, who've pivoted, and who've become successful in, in multiple multiple arenas and multiple areas. As somebody who's built a company with 300 employees, what would be your advice to somebody that's listening to this that's maybe just starting out? They're a solopreneur. Maybe they just quit their nine-to-five. Maybe they're getting the guts or the courage to quit their nine-to-five and they have a little bit of a war chest. And keep your advice within the context of what's happening inside of the economy currently.
0: Well, you said they have a little bit of a war chest. So first thing is we already touched on it. Get to events, get to business, you know, get to events that can teach you how to be a bigger, better, faster, stronger person, right? Uh, Mentally, you know, physically, all all that. So get to events. That's number one. Number two is, you know, I I touched on it but I wrote this book called The Lucky Formula. First read that. (laughs) But but, uh, along those lines is get yourself, you know, I, I talk about it in the book, is get yourself around people that think way bigger than you. So it's called Mm. your circle of influence, right? That's a huge thing. I mean, think about where I was sitting, you know, yesterday and the day before around people that are way smarter than me and probably have way more money than I do. But, you know, get yourself uncomfortable and ask questions and become friends with these people because they think at a way higher level than you do. And guess what happens? It's called osmosis. You start thinking like they do. So, I mean, those are probably the two biggest things I can tell you is change your circle of influence, and and get to events, absolutely, which
1: you know one leads to the other. Where is the best place for people to pick up a copy of that book?
0: You can get it on Amazon. Uh, so type in The Lucky Formula or my last name or my first and last name, Mark, and then L-A-C-H-A-N-C-E.
1: The Lucky Formula on Amazon. You guys, if you resonate with anything of stuff, any of the stuff that Mark's talking about today, please go pick up a copy of The Lucky Formula. You know, luck I think plays a role in everybody's success, but uh, I doubt that that's all the book is about. So, go pick up a copy <laughs> of the book yourself and find the formula uh, that you can use uh, for yourself to reach the goals and dreams that you have. Be sure always to audit your circle. I love that you brought that up on the last point there. Obviously, this Belichick Network podcast talk a ton about relationships, about how people are basically just the product of all the other people that are in their lives. 100%. And so if you're not constantly making sure that the people that are in your life are turning you into the person that you genuinely want to become, then it's not going to happen. Like It's not going to happen on accident. It's You have to do it on purpose. So I really appreciate you mentioning that at the end there as well. It's a perfect place to kind of put a pin in this conversation. Until next time. So uh, besides the book, besides the lucky formula, where's the best place for people to connect with you? Reach out to you, Mark.
0: Well, I'd love to give a gift to your listeners. And the gift Please. is is a, a lucky quiz. So I'm gonna you guys can go to uh, theluckyformula.com Perfect. slash quiz. Theluckyformula.com slash quiz. It's a it's an assessment or a quiz that basically gives you your lucky score on a score uh, scale from zero to a hundred. And it gives you tips and tricks
1: on how to get luckier as uh, everything to do with life and business. Cool. TheLuckyFormula.com. Go take the quiz, guys. Go see how lucky you are and how lucky (laughs) uh, you can make yourself. TheLuckyFormula.com. Mark, thanks so much for coming on, man. Had a lot of fun.
0: All right. Thanks for having me, Travis.
1: Hey, hey! thanks for listening to this episode. That's it for today. As you all know, this show is completely free. Our only ask is that if you found anything valuable in this episode or in any of the episodes that you've listened to, then share it with somebody else and leave us a quick rating review in whatever platform you're listening to right now. It would be super, super helpful for us. Uh, So that's it for today, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Catch you next time.